guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Welcome back to the Courageous Wellness Podcast. On today's episode, we have Crystal Rose from Soul Wonderful. Crystal is a female financial educator that promotes women taking charge of and empowering their lives through their finances and financial literacy. In addition, her Soul Wonderful website and travel guides promote a lifestyle that encourages a heightened sense of consciousness of our impact on the world that fosters healthy mind and body and encourages exploring the world in a sustainable way. Soul Wonderful also highlights people, causes, and organizations that are active and innovative in creating positive change in the world. Welcome, Crystal. Welcome, Crystal. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, Would you start out for our listeners telling us a little bit about your background and how you came into this sort of like financial literacy world and developed your own sort of interest and passion for it? Definitely. And I'll keep it as short and concise as possible. Uh, but I grew up in a home where we didn't have a, a lot of money per se, uh, but I was never really without either. At least I, I never felt that I was without. I was able to go to college, which was nice, and get a really good job out, out of college. So I've been doing kind of the corporate thing for the last 10 years and had a pretty good salary. And my family was just, they didn't even know someone can make that much money, (laughs) which that being said, it wasn't a lot in today's standards, but they didn't even realize that someone could make that much money. What was the transition for you from the corporate world into creating like your profession? And how did you figure out there was this big need and hole in the industry for it? So, so, um, in 2016, I it was January, and I thought, hey, new year, new me, I'm going to go ahead and get my life in order, make sure it's tip-top. Mm-hmm. I've been on the right track as far as I, I know. I've been doing the correct societal thing. Mm-hmm. And one of them was getting my finances checked. So I went to financial advisor. I'm going to go ahead and shout them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in a good way. <laughs> Fidelity and Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 401k plans were with them, and all I wanted was some basic information with how is my retirement doing? What do I need to consider? Do I need to change anything? What's the going to potential outcome? And they really couldn't give me a lot of information. And honestly, I think it's because they don't know themselves. I didn't really understand at the time, even though I had a college degree and had a, a great job and a good income, I didn't really understand how 401k worked. I literally thought I was just adulting. Yay me. <laughs> yeah. I signed the paperwork and I'm like, Ooh, I got a retirement. Uh, so it was, it was, that's when my wake up call started to happen mm. that not necessarily that Fidelity and Wells Fargo were, were doing me wrong, but how much I did not know. Mm. So 
I started this kind of this whole um, investigation on for for me on what exactly am I doing? What should my retirement look like? And the the fact that I was so illiterate really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Someone who went to school mm-hmm. and did the right thing. Sure, I didn't grow up with money at all. All I knew is um, I didn't have it, and now I do. Mm-hmm. And now, what what about other people who maybe don't have a good income, who don't have a four hundred one k, who don't have a retirement, who don't know how to budget? What you know? What's their situation like? So I got really uh, interested in financial literacy. Literacy and going through that, I went through this whole little phase of uh, being enlightened to being really pissed off mm-hmm. that why ha- we didn't we learn basic budgeting, basic what interest was uh, when we were in school, high school, mm-hmm. and especially college. Yeah, I want to back up a bit because I I think I made myself to sound like I was a saint and I did <laughs> all the right, right things. While I was in college, mm-hmm. uh, when I was eighteen, I got credit cards in the mail. <laughs> I think everybody gets credit cards yes. in the mail when you turn 18. Yes. I don't know what interest rate was. I saw that number. And I, it, I'm like, oh, 25%. That, that looks like a great number. I'd love 25%. <laughs> I had no idea what interest was. Yeah. All I can recall is uh, that I saw my family members swipe credit cards and then mm. they got stuff. Right. So I'm like, well, I want to do that too. And I would go shopping, uh, p- go drinking, paid everything mm. on credit card bills. And when the bills would come, uh, I just didn't, wouldn't even open them. Mm. So I may be financially savvy now, but I was in very bad shape when I was 18, 18 through 22. I completely wrecked myself financially. Mm. My credit score uh, was at 400. Mm. I owed $10,000, I I think. um, Like I had lost all my jobs. I wasn't, collectors were constantly calling me. It, It was, it was so depressing for me yeah. I actually went into depression because I didn't know what to do and my parents could not help me mm-hmm. um, and I was then I was ashamed and I didn't even know why to ask anybody for mm-hmm. help so I just lived in um, this this shame and constant uh, decline in my finances not knowing how to get out yeah. and I, I and just if we're being honest here yeah. I even thought about, okay, this is the end because yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get myself out. I know yeah. $10,000 is a lot, but when you're not making anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're still a kid, essentially like a, you're on the precipice of your adulthood. You're entering yeah. adulthood. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it seemed like the end of the world for me mm. and I had no one to go to. So what I did was I finally talked to one of the collectors mm. and he told me, what to do. Cause yeah. I, I told him I am a kid. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I can't manage my money. I'm late on rent all the time mm-hmm. and I, I can't pay this. I don't know what to do. He's like, okay, well we're going to come up with a plan. One thing that I, I think that we, there was a quote and I forget who said it, but I think it's really important. You guys might've even seen a little meme out there of Cinderella in a, putting on a shoe and, and, and someone You can edit this out. (laughs) Okay. Um, There's a quote by some woman, I think from the 70s, but basically she says, we've grown up misled thinking that we're all princesses and someone's going to come and save us when something bad happens. And for me, 
not that I was obsessed with Disney princesses, <laughs> but I thought, okay, I'm going to call and cry and everything's going to be okay. They're going to help me out. Mm. That wasn't the case. That was kind of a, a huge turning point, realizing that no one's coming to help me. Yeah. I'm on my own. Yeah. And that's not the end of the world. I just need to figure it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So once I gained a pair and realized I got myself into this mess, I need to get myself out. It's going to be painful. I need to make some changes. That's when everything started changing. Okay. Mm. So I talked to the collectors. I talked to the credit card people. And uh, it was not fun conversations. I don't ever want to have to do that again. Yeah. But... In two years, I was able to get out of debt Mm -hmm. and start to rebuild my credit. And four years after that, I had an 800 credit score. Wow. Yeah, 800. I bought a car, a brand new car, uh, paid a lot of it cash. Mm. And I was... I was I basically did a 180. It's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, and that that was all without help. So that was... uh, Maybe uh, it's around 2010. That's kind of the place where I was at. So we're now in 2018. Um, or I'm sorry, let's go back to the, now the 2016 where I decided to just recheck my finances. Mm-hmm. And my credit score was fine. I had cash now. Uh, my, I had amazing credit cards. I knew how to balance. So now I was looking even further down the future with my retirement. And that's when I felt this way again with, I don't know anything. I don't know what I'm doing. This is kind of hard. So going through the whole process of trying to figure out where I was at with my retirement and learning that I'm not as savvy as I should be, that I wasn't properly prepared for an actual retirement. I went through that, that roller coaster of first awareness and then being utterly pissed off and then coming back to the realization, like, okay, well, you have to do something about mm. it. So I educated myself. I talked to a lot of different people, found the commonalities of the basic fundamentals. There's a lot of books, and I can give you a list of books mm. that I recommend that to read. That would be great. Yes. There are some specifically geared towards women, which I loved, mm. and there are some just in general, the, the, the basis of wealth. The word wealth was never really something that I thought about. Mm. Ever, I didn't grow up hearing really that word that wasn't part of my, my family mm-hmm. culture. Uh, so I never thought about being rich. And I, I thought that just uh, having the basics, having a savings account and having decent credit cards and buying a home, that's good enough for me kind of thing. But wealth may mean something different to everybody else. Yeah. But for me, wealth means financial independence, mm-hmm. which financial dependence means I don't have to be stressed out about money. I don't have to be uber rich. I don't have to be mm. Oprah rich to be wealthy. I just need to be, have enough money to live within a means that's comfortable for me to not have to worry about how things are going to get paid. And if something happens to me, I still have money to take care of me, whether um, I get ill or injured or, or I'm just an, an older age, you know, I, I have the means to live comfortably and not have to worry about money, so mm. not, not having to worry about it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. And, 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 and you guys can add into this. I think the feeling of not having to worry about money or being in that place where you're financially independent or at least financially healthy has a lot to do with wellness. Absolutely. Yeah. And freedom. So we talk about like, freedom as an aspect of wellness in, you know, like food freedom or Mm. any sort of freedom. And there's like freedom to make choices based on your own 
well-being rather than making choices in your life based on out of fear and stress which right, like yeah. most people you know and we've all been there and we've all I mean I struggle with it daily but it's like to not act from that place because sometimes the the results are you that you want or what you're trying to build or anything like fear and stress don't help you go in the direction of the kind of life you want mm-hmm. to create which is you know a life of wellness mm, right however definitely. that looks for you definitely so and I think you know I mean and you can add into this you had mentioned like especially for women and financial literacy like when we were all discussing earlier you know we're all educated women mm-hmm. and have had a lot of privileges through that and know nothing <laughs> you know in some ways know nothing probably know more than some and a lot less than others and I even now like in my early 30s still realize how little I know and how that doesn't empower me right well I think like your quote as well you know waiting for someone to come and save you or um a quote Allie and I talk a lot about too is life is not a dress rehearsal Mm. like life is not a dress rehearsal but I think a lot of times especially through finances and there's so much pressure I mean more so now than even when I was 22 but to look a certain way to spend a certain way to be a certain way and without especially for women without education without understanding finances it's so easy to get in trouble and not know what to do and I had a similar experience to you when I was I think I was 22 because I was working on a tv show and I got a credit card and it had no limit and um I'm really lucky that uh, but you have to pay it all in full at the end of every month. So there's no limit, oh, okay. but each month. Oh, but they don't allow you to carry a balance? A little. So th- that's how I got in trouble. So you're supposed to pay it off in full at the end of month, but they don't really cut you off until like three months in. So I got to that three-month point where I was like, oh, well, I'll make it up. I'll make it up. And it was. I was just... 22 years old no one had ever talked to me about a credit card I had I didn't I had maybe one credit card I didn't use in college and a debit card I used my debit card for everything Mm -hmm. and then I got myself into a hole um you know of just you know just a few thousand dollars but when you're young that's like an and you have bills to pay it was the most impossible amount and I I didn't want to face it I didn't want to look at it and so I didn't I just I don't remember what I did with the letters or the emails but I didn't open them I didn't look at them and then the worst thing that happened was the phone calls start coming Mm -hmm. and the collections calls are the most horrible thing in the world because um they don't stop right they call you like hour by hour every day every day so I felt And I wouldn't answer the call. I wouldn't talk to them. And I wish I had because in a very similar way, once I did talk to them, they were so helpful and they wanted me to get out of the hole and they put me on a payment plan. And, you know, same, I've since been able to, you know, my credit being awful to having like great credit now at 29. But um, it took a really long time. And I think it's a very common experience that I've heard from a lot of people that they also experience, but 
don't talk about or continue. Again, I think we're really lucky that we got out of the hole, but I also know people who follow that pattern and repeat the pattern where they get out of a hole or they never get out of the hole and they just keep piling on that credit. And that could be a variety of reasons. They don't know any better or a lot of people do harmful things just because they don't know any other way or they don't feel like they have the emotional mental capacity to change Mm -hmm. so it's and it's unfortunate as I'm hearing you talk about your experience and now that I know what I I know now not just about debt and credit but savings Mm -hmm. and compounding interest and all that if we had spent more time not charging our cards Mm. and not having to folk not spending the last our 20s in debt and having to pay and all these collections and we actually focused on savings Mm. we could say the younger that we start the uh in terms of retirements that we can pay a little bit less than we would if we're starting at 30 and 40 yeah Mm -hmm. so those small payments that you had to make to credit cards those could have been payments to yourself absolutely and then the compounding interest I mean, that would be life-changing by the time your retirement. And some yeah. of the people listening to this may be in their 40s and, and then just, like, cringing because <laughs> yeah. no one told them. At least we're finding out about it when we're 30. Yeah. But, God, if we knew about it when we were 15 and 20, we could start making positive choices. And Absolutely. not starting off your adult life with enormous, like, a terrible credit right. um, rate or, I mean, or credit. You know, like, you start off... It's not that high anyway because you have no credit history. Right. So what you want to do is try to build good credit. Right. But if you if you start off with no information, right. you can easily get in debt immediately, mm-hmm. not be able to afford your credit Absolutely. card. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, too, when I was 22, life certainly did feel like a dress rehearsal. It didn't feel like I, I couldn't um, – it didn't feel – like, you do, I think, 18 to 22 is a really interesting time. And I think that's when a lot of people get into right. younger debt, you know? Mm-hmm. People get into debt later in life, too. But I think younger debt really occurs 18 to 22, 23. Um, and you feel so invincible. Even if you felt yeah. yeah. which is so interesting because yeah. it's not like my childhood was... Pre- it's not like I didn't know life was real and that right. real problems could happen. But you just feel like I'm never gonna be 30. (laughs) You're so far away. I'm never, you know, or even now, you know, but it's so interesting. And I'm so glad to realize it now, you know, because life just isn't a dress rehearsal. And I think for women too, I think it's even more important because we don't wanna depend on anyone. We don't wanna feel trapped. We don't want, you know, and I think a lot of other generations have felt dependent on maybe a husband or a partner or someone else to provide for them. Definitely. And that's changing with our generation. But maybe that is still where that Cinderella syndrome comes in because everything before us that we've been taught is like someone's coming, you know? Your Prince Charming will be there. Right. right. And it doesn't always have to be Prince Charming either. Just uh, for me, I just thought the collections would go away or credit. Someone would be like, Hey, you've been forgiven or yeah. we get it. This happens to college kids. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about all those shoes that you bought. Yeah. 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 I don't really know what I was thinking. And I didn't necessarily think a guy would come bail me out, but mm. I just thought something would happen where everything I would get bailed out. Mm. Right. You, it, that someone would bail you. Yeah. That, that something would happen and, and it, it did not. Mm. And then you, you go through this, 
um, this time where like, okay, I know it's tough, but are you gonna be tough enough to get out of it? Or are you gonna crawl, crawl back into the ball and go back to mommy? Yeah. Uh, who, it, you know, it's, it's, what are you gonna do? So I'm glad to hear that you got out of this challenge, but you're right, some people never, it's cyclical and some people yeah. never get out of it. And those people actually worry me a lot more because those are the type of people who will be dependent when they're older on the state, 100%. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is someone bailing them out. Maybe that is their reality and they're okay with that. For me personally, and maybe for a lot of people who value independence mm-hmm. and freedom, as mm-hmm. you were talking about, Ali, that's the solution is not letting the mm. government. Yeah. Well, even if you are, you then give up that freedom, right? Right. Like, that's the thing. It's like it comes at a cost. Right. That that means you can't ever earn more certain income. Right. So... I love to travel. I'm not going to be able to afford that if I want to stay below a certain level of income in order for the government to take care of me. Mm. I mean, yeah. I think we're getting off into... No, but it's okay. it's it could be a whole other conversation on that. But So how do you advise women, and you work with women of all ages, on how to feel strong and independent financially? Sure. So part... So I have my journey of finances, but I think what... A lot of a lot of women can relate to is how we grew up and how we watch our parents and our and our aunts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or uh, cousins and their you know previous generations of women, and either the, the kind of the fear of money. So mm-hmm. we used to get married to to or women used to marry men in order to be secure, mm-hmm. house, income, whatever. And that also means that they would put up with whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people had great relationships. Others weren't so lucky, but they would stay. And in my watching my family, I saw the fear of not having money and what that would do to them, the limitations and so I told myself, I didn't know how, but I wanted to not be like that. Mm. So I got a job where I, I, I'd never been depend, uh, I've never been dependent on a man. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that I can say that right now. I've never been that, which means so many, in, that means empowerment for me, specifically for relationship. I was in a nine year relationship because of love, mm. not because ever I had to be. Yeah. That's everything to me. That's mm-hmm. one of many things to me, and that's one of the reasons why I like financial independence. Mm-hmm. So when I see women who are in relationships, and I'm wondering why won't they just leave, mm. it, it can be fear-based, not fear of like, well, what am I going to do with one income by myself on my own income? What am I going to do? Who's going to take care of me when I get older? Mm-hmm. So maybe not even just immediate, but just down the line, there's so much fear based around income. And maybe not the man that makes more, but just a dual income. Right. So my thing, I'm really about women empowerment. I want to encourage women to make financial choices, whether it's regarding credit or retirement or savings, emergency funds in case they need to get out of a situation. Mm. Um the confidence to ask for the money that they deserve in mm-hmm. terms of their pay, mm. all of that's related to uh, empowerment through finances. So my goal is to give women the basic fundamentals of money, okay. kind of how to uh, wealth, wellness, mm. 
and then they can make better decisions. So I can't tell them exactly what to do. Most of financial advisors can only suggest and advise. So I'm not a financial advisor. I'm a, I do financial literacy, but, but my goal is to, I'm going to teach you the fundamentals. Mm. I'm going to teach you how uh, kind of critical thinking or consequences of what could happen, what a high interest for credit card means, why a high interest is bad and what that, how that impacts you versus a high interest um, in uh, investments and mm-hmm. why you would want a high interest mm-hmm. and, and, and the different things. Some women can't even begin to think about investments. Mm-hmm. So I do a kind of like financial need analysis. I will look over their finances mm-hmm. and we'll look and be completely honest of where's your money going? Yeah. And the reality is people can do amazing things with the money that they have now. So me coming from very little money, uh, make, and then getting these, these jobs that pay a lot, I would always increase my spending and, and my living situation when the whole time I knew how to live with no money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a reality check for me to, to understand that maybe at the end of the 2016, why I had such little savings, even though I was making more money, I'm like, what, what's happening? Like more money, more problems. No, I'm living, mm. I keep increasing my living. So I'm actually not saving anything. Right. So helping to let women or helping to identify those things with women in their own situations on, Hey, this is your current financial situation. This is what a healthy financial um, foundation looks like. Yeah. This is what you're currently doing. This is where you want to go. These are the different options. Now it's all on you. Yeah. Yeah. And you said you have like um, a checklist or a resource so that, that yeah. you've created for women. Do do you provide access to that for people who aren't your clients per se? Yes. Or? So I could give you access to. Um, there's one a, a kind of a high level checklist. There's no real uh, direct path to what someone one person needs to do finances are very are unique per situation because everyone has different goals and different incomes and different expenses Mm -hmm. so what i do is i create an overall this is what a like a um a diagram of this is what a healthy thing looks like and this is what you should be thinking of and then i have a uh, instead of a checklist it's a list of questions a lot of questions Mm. because when you Ali, when you ask yourself those questions versus Erica, you ask yourself those questions, you're going to have different answers, but both of them are going to help you to think about your personal finances of what you need to do. So I have more of a list of questions that you need to ask. Some of them are regarding um, health, retirement, relationships, Mm -hmm. uh, your own personal budgeting, emergency funds, uh, wanting to buy a home. Do you understand what the the interest, how interest impacts you? what impacts your credit score, how you, you know, mm-hmm. certain things like that. Uh, my favorite thing to talk about is the relationship ones. And yet no one likes to talk mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I, when I ha- when I talk to an individual, they have plenty to say, but when we're, when I actually meet with the couple, it's very quiet and tense because so it's, yeah, it's finances are r- really, um, a big element of a healthy, happy mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And you've heard it probably many times before, one of the biggest causes of divorce. Yeah. Yes. So if it's one of the biggest causes of divorce, why wouldn't you talk about it before you get married? Yeah. When I I met my husband, my now husband, when I was 23. 
three, I was in collections and I had to start repaying that. And I was so, he is so grown up. He was 24, but he was like 40 at 24. (laughs) And so for a couple years, I didn't tell him I was in collections, but I was so scared. I was like, if we move forward, how is this going to affect his credit? I was like, Mm -hmm. how is my situation that I let myself get in because I, I was like going out drinking and going to concerts and just being so foolish. But I was like, how is this going to affect him? And, um, it was such a scary conversation when I finally was open and, you know, was like talking about like just the reality of where I was financially versus where he was financially. Um, but it was, it was very scary. I'm so glad we had the conversation and it's so interesting because, um, by the time we did get married, I was very much out of my hole. My credit was still not great because it takes so long to rebuild, but it, it had the opposite effect though. Getting married to him helped my credit and it didn't really hurt his. So that was such a fortunate situation, but it's, it's scary because I was so afraid for so long how my poor decisions were going to affect our future right. together. Well, it's interesting hearing you talk too. It's like, it seems like, I mean, we all sort of do this, but especially like when you're first kind of coming into this world of finances as a young adult, right? That 18 to 22 zone where you're mm-hmm. maybe not living at home anymore and you mm-hmm. have bills for the first time or, um, and acting from a place where like nobody knows anything and then but then you make you know we there's a sense of shame about that because it's like you didn't know better Mm -hmm. and no one ever educated you like they don't educate you about this in school most homes like I I only know like one set of friends growing up who had whose mom was like a famous financial planner and like wrote books for kids about oh wow finances and stuff but like did I ever read them? No. <laughs> no, and they were for, like, little kids, oh, too, okay. right? We were, like, in high school. They were for, like, little kids with the idea of, like, concepts of savings and that kind of thing. But it's, like, that was not a part of just most people's existence, I think, growing up. Mm-mm. And so I'm still sort of, like, learning so much now. And I'm happy that I'm learning now. But it's, like, all of a sudden you take on the shame, too, for doing something that was, like, getting in a really bad situation. Yeah. But that you don't want... You feel afraid to communicate it to the people closest in your life. But it's, like... And that develops that... That's, like, how a lot of people start out their relationship with money and yeah. personal finance is yeah. feeling bad. Right. Yeah. And feeling bad about money and feeling bad about the fact that they can't handle it or can handle it, but aren't getting in and, like, aren't earning enough or whatever, whatever it may be. And it creates this really, like, complicated mm. relationship with finances, which probably already existed from your childhood. You probably had another... Yes specific relationship with it too absolutely and and if you don't if you let that fear kind of run you and you don't address it you're going to be passing it on to your children as well so it's you want to break the cycle i mean we get that our parents had it but now there's no excuse there's internet there's youtube yeah there's there's podcasts yeah (laughs) there's resources now to learn about it and and make it right yeah And to not, and to kind of stop that, that ignorance from passing on to different generations. And ignore it. What, you, you mentioned you also work with senior citizens and I, and, and that they, they have a lot to say. I'm just, I'm so curious as to what they have to say, you know, or what advice they give you or 
they well, would give us. Right. So number one, especially the women, it's, mm-hmm. I don't really hear this among men, but especially the women. I wish I knew more about money because I'd be, I've had a woman, sorry, I wish I knew about more about money or else I would have been, my life would be completely different. Mm-hmm. One woman even said I would, um, she would never have got married the person that she married. Mm-hmm. A lot of women who, whether they got divorced or not, got married to escape families, uh-huh. uh, situations, to just get out of the house, you know, to do whatever. And if they knew about money, they probably never would have done it. They would have mm. figured out how to have the life that they wanted. Now, to every child out there, I'm not saying your mother didn't <laughs> and dad didn't want you. I'm just saying right. that. Women tend to to tell me that they would have made a lot more dis- different decisions yeah. on their relationships and the way their their life went if they knew about money. Mm. Now that being said, I want to give some just three stats yeah. that I think are very important for women, uh, whether you are in a heterosexual relationship or you mm-hmm. know whatever situation that you're in. The reality is people are living a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Women live longer than men, but yeah. seven years longer than men. So if you are in a relationship with a guy and you're projected to live longer than him, you will most likely be living the end of your years by yourself. Yeah. That's not, I'm not saying that to depress you. I'm just saying that you need to plan financially so that you can live comfortably yeah. in, or in a lifestyle that you would like, especially if you're going to be by yourself. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're going to be taking care of grandchildren you know great great grandchildren you know what kind of life do you want to have so these are kind of the questions you need to ask yourself what kind of life do you want to have and what does that financially look like so I I teach about financial independence number which is how much do you want to have at the end of your life to live comfortably you have to think about inflation and all that so when I looked at my 401k back in 2016 and learned that a million dollars was not going to be enough I would have run out if I wanted to maintain the lifestyle. I probably would have run out in seven years or less, six years. So that's what sixty-five to seventy-two, like yeah, normal retirement age. And and you're doing retirement age in air quotes. Sixty-five, sixty-five. You can retire whenever the heck you want. Yeah. You just have to have the money to do it. Yeah. So right. you, you can retire at forty if you're. Well, if you're if, rich. If, well, well, it. I, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Let's yeah. say um, I, meant, I mentioned to you earlier before this podcast that I want to live in Thailand. I don't need what what's it like to live in LA, like four thousand, five thousand dollars a month to live semi comfortably. Maybe sharing your place. Mm-hmm. I could live in Thailand for two thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So let's say I had five thousand dollars a month coming in. I could I could live really well. Yeah. I don't need to be rich. Right, but you I need can live I, your lifestyle. Right, so I yeah. need to plan. So um, the the sixty five years old is related to Social Security of when you can start. To, well, fifty nine and a half to sixty five is when you can start to access your money. Fifty nine and a half is when you can access your four hundred one k. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to wait that long. Some people have to wait even longer, mm-hmm. you know, and work work longer. So it's it's what do you. And you can do that with me, or you can just start to ask yourself these questions. You can download the the PDF that I'll give you guys on what kind of questions to ask yourself. How do I want my lifestyle? Mm. And then kind of figure out the number for that. And then include, will I have a home? Will it be paid off? Do I want to have children? And kind of plan all that extra cushion, Mm because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. 
uh, plan to start paying now for um, maybe future medical in, in terms of assisted living and those kind of things. It's not something we want to think about because it's a little bit morbid or depressing. But if we thought about it now and put a little bit of money each way, you know, started planning properly, we could have a very comfortable lifestyle in the end without having mm. to pay a fortune or having to be rich. Yeah. Or putting the burden on your family. Yes. That's huge. I've seen that more recently, <sighs> even with my own grandparents and um, friends, parents who are elderly. And, like, I've seen everything from people who've done a lot of planning to no planning. Mm. Um, That's and huge. It by has the way. such an impact on their children, their mm-hmm. adult children. Yeah. You also have right. children, you know. Not only the financial burden, but now you're putting things on your kids who don't always agree on certain things. So you're not to make people feel bad, but when you're thinking about the future, not just for yourself, but for the generation that's coming after you. Yeah. And not that you need to fully take care of yourself, but especially if you live in a place like California that the cost of living is really high, you can be putting a major burden on your family just Mm. through your elderly age or medical expenses. Medical expenses is the number one reason why people go bankrupt. Yeah. 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 Man, I think, too, financial wellness as well, because even... To take care of yourself now, and the earlier the better, like you're saying, but so that maybe when you're 65, you know, I have a really close friend um, who her grandparents are insanely wealthy, like mm-hmm. insane, insane Are they wealth. looking to adopt? <laughs> yeah, an adopt uh, child. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but he, he, her grandfather must be almost must be 80 years old or over and continues to work because he loves what he does so he's made insane wealth where he probably could have retired at 40 but is 80 and continues to work and continues to do it obviously not in the same capacity that he was probably doing at 50 but he loves it he just loves what he does and I think for me financial health as well is I hope I'm able to continue and make a living doing things that I love. Right. Because then, who knows, if you want to retire, you can retire. But I think a lot of times we're hearing, or what's scary is, that we won't have the option to retire and we'll want to so bad mm-hmm. because we're so exhausted Tired. from the life that we're leading in our work life. Because so many people are unhappy at work as well. Yes. Americans really do have a mentality the the different generations are changing but in terms of mentality that not they need to do the planning as well but we've been raised with you know you go to work and not everyone likes what they do but they do it anyways and if you're lucky maybe sometimes you get to love Mm -hmm. your job yeah so that mentality is changing a bit but it doesn't matter if you're not planning correctly Mm -hmm. so you're you're that that grandfather is really blessed to Mm -hmm. be able to work because he loves what he wants yeah. to do. Yeah. And that's what financial has to right. exactly. And that's what financial independence does. Exactly. Uh, it allows you to live the life that you want to live, to be in the relationship you want to, to raise your kids the way you want to. Yeah. I don't have kids right now for several reasons, but when I have ki- I want to be in a financial situation where someone else is not going to dictate how my kids being raised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if that means I get to homeschool or I get to not necessarily choose a private school, but choose a, a more a school that's a lot more engaging and outdoor mm-hmm. and, and 
I want the things that are control. important to you. Yeah, yeah. But and I, I feel really bad for uh, people who, or parents who don't get that option. Yeah. And it's not really their. It's not their fault because we weren't raised with financial literacy or to even think about those yeah. concepts of. Hey, eight-year-old, you know, here are the financial yeah. th- foundation that you need to have so that you can choose and create the life you want. We, we, nowadays, we're talking about be present, create the life that you want, and go after your dreams. But yes, finances have a lot to do with that, with you being able to do that. You don't have to be rich. Um, you just budgeting and planning yeah. ahead of time would would greatly impact people's lives. Mm-hmm. Today. I get to, yes, I have things, personal things going on with my life that I wasn't expecting, but I'll go ahead and share. Um, I'm getting divorced Mm -hmm. and I would not be able to get divorced if I wasn't financially okay. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we are not, I'm not taking any of his money. He's not taking mine. So Mm -hmm. it's an amicable divorce because I don't, I don't need it to survive. And that, that for me is exactly the reason why I'm going out and teaching people. So you can have the options. I'm not saying go out and get divorced or mm-hmm. I'm just saying, but now you can marry for, for love Yeah. and you could have a say in the decisions because you bring income in as well and you know how to manage it. And, um, you know, financial literacy and planning gives people so much more than just, money in their savings account yeah let me ask you a question for since we're sort of targeting female financial literacy for women who have made the choice with say the married women or in partnerships and um especially mothers Mm -hmm. who have made the choice to remove themselves whether it's the best financial decision for their family or um because they want to as far as like raising their children yeah, I think that's awesome. and remove themselves from the workplace mm-hmm. so that they are not their contributors from like motherhood running yeah. the home position. Oh, they should get paid way more. I know, they, <laughs> they should get a salary. They should get a salary. Yeah. Um, but what, it, how, how would you speak to these, those women who like out of conscious choice are not in the workplace, not bringing income in, but still obviously are a massive part of, if not like the biggest part of running a family life, but that that's their, that's their thing. How would you maybe suggest setting up, like, is there any way that you could create freedom? And like a nest egg or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously no one goes into a partnership or a marriage with the idea of, I mean, I guess that's what a prenuptial agreement is for, but like with the idea of, um, leaving a marriage, but that it, it happens. It happens mm. more frequently than it doesn't happen. And when there are children involved, obviously you're protected legally um, with like a divorce settlement or something like that. Uh, especially in California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, but what would you suggest to women who are listening to this about financial literacy and about financial freedom but are not in the workplace? So first of all, I'm going to say I think women are the mothers are the glue if they're especially if they're a stay-at-home mother and they're taking care of kids i have uh, my sister-in-law is a, has been a stay-at-home mom 
and her kids are phenomenal and it's because she's with them all the time and, and be able to to work really hard mm-hmm. involved in school and everything so I absolutely love that I also love and support women who want to be in the workforce while raising kids yeah. and mm-hmm. women who choose not to have kids like me yeah so um in terms of how it's kind of hard to give advice for people who are already in that situation, but I'll, I'll touch upon that. Or maybe are considering a life that way. Right, right. So th- for those who are considering a life, you are in the perfect spot to get educated, and you, and and the education should be a part of how you choose your mate. And because that mate needs to understand that you have a good understanding of finances and maybe you put you put your hat in in managing the finances so maybe your your partner's mm-hmm. bringing in the money but you're managing it uh that way you know everything that's going on now for some reason if it doesn't work out every situation is unique so it's kind of hard to say yeah but uh some moms have gotten very creative in in being able to earn extra income and there's so many different ways to do mm-hmm. that now Especially from the like from home, on from the home internet. online. There's yeah. so many things online uh, where you can bring in income. But that that brings up a good point because there's a, a, a. I'll have to give you the name of the financial advisor that you guys that you need to recommend to all of your people uh, to watch, or to listen to. Um, the women, we can do everything, and yeah, we are. We get the short end of the stick. Things are improving these days, but we still get the short end of the stick, Mm -hmm. especially for those who choose to step out of the workforce and raise their children. Mm -hmm. I think it's for every year that they're out of the workforce raising their children, they have to, it takes five years to make up for the amount of income they lost, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is, I mean, when we think about what we're actually losing, that's, you know, that's really hard. So, um, there's no real clear, hey, here's the solution, you know, puts, when the, your husband brings in the money and you manage the finances, put like five bucks under your bed, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know every, every paycheck is, there's no real right answer for that other than you need to, if you're, if you're planning on getting married or if you're ready in the relationship, educate yourself as quickly as possible so that you can have a say in what's going on with the finances. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's about having an active, being an active participant. Yes. Not who specifically is bringing in the money. Yes. Absolutely. It's about con- mutual control. Yes. Yeah. Because, and in my opinion, hopefully you chose a person who's willing, who's, who's not, um, you know, chauvinistic or egotistic in a way where he says like, no, I'm bringing the money. I yeah. control the money. Hopefully yeah. you chose a partner who says, okay, you should have to say too. I know you're working your butt off in the house. Mm-hmm. I'm working my butt off here. It's our money. I I know a couple where th- they were making equal pay and now the, the spouse, the, the woman is um, a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And their mentality is like, no, it's her money too. Like, mm-hmm. So she can, it's whatever he makes, it's both of theirs. And that's that's kind of a healthy thing. So it's easier to give this advice to people who have not yet gone into uh, a, a marriage, but if you're listening to this and um, you are a stay-at-home mom, get yourself educated and have the conversations with your husband that yeah. you do, or, or your partner, that you do want to have more control in managing the finances. You want to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if you know everything that's going on, you know what's going into pensions or 401ks, that's half yours. <laughs> so if you yeah. do get divorced, um, 
that is something you know what you have access to. Of course, if you have a good lawyer, that's that's fine. I don't know if that's answering your question. No, it is. It is. It's just like speaking to that part of the population as well. Yes. So that I think and and here here's here's the other thing. It's it's not just how much money there is in the relationship. You need to educate your or women partners who whoever should educate themselves on everything that's going on financially, including the debt. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you can't get divorced because of the debt. Because that's mm-hmm. yours. Mm-hmm. And I've seen women stuck. Not Yeah, there's no money, but oh my God, there's a lot of debt. And she can't afford to leave. Yeah. Because she, that, debt, half that debt her. goes with her. Even though none of it was hers. Yeah. yeah. I think this too, it's just communication is so unbelievably important in yeah. relationships and all aspects of life. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's so vital. And I feel so fortunate because when, when I met Jeff, my husband, I was working in a department full of women on this TV show and they were all about 10 years older than me. And they gave me all of this advice. Like it's now such indispensable advice where we were only dating for three months and they were, they were like, if you're going to be serious with this person, talk about finances, talk about children, talk Mm -hmm. about, and I think financially for women, at least for myself, it was always so scary to look into the eye. And a lot of how I grew up was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So I think when I had money, I would spend it, it just, lots of stuff that I dealt with but in every area of our life it can be really scary to have conversations about how we want to have children do we want to be a stay-at-home parent do we want to have children all of these things how do we want to spend our money and I think in relationships the sooner you do it the less scary it would be because and if you are married and listening to this and haven't had those conversations (laughs) you can still have them I'm now three years married and we have difficult conversations, I feel like, every week. <laughs> Life is evolving yeah. and changing so quickly. But communication is everything because yeah. you never want to be blindsided or figure out there's debt in a partnership that you didn't know or right. whatever there may be, any sort of surprise. Sorry to, like, jump in on that, but I once heard um, this term used and it just really like resonated me with me. There's such a thing as financial infidelity mm. in a relationship, and I think that's what you're speaking to. Like that causes so many trust issues, mm. and um, it's not just there's it's not just like physical infidelity. There's like there's different types of infidelity. Absolutely, and financial is a big one. That yeah, comes yes, um, it, and it's not just gambling. Gambling comes to mind when you say that. I, no, it's not gambling. I, it's like anything. <laughs> And both sides, not just the women, but men too, may have some really bad spending habits. Mm -hmm. And credit cards makes it so easy for the spouse to not know about it until it's gone really bad. It's not coming directly out of the the checking account, the the joint account. So that can really devastate a relationship. Because again, money is one of the biggest... Right. problems of divorce and and part of that is the it could be financial fidelity or just overwhelming with how we're going to get out of this this debt yeah so it doesn't if you have a relationship where you can talk about this maybe one person's a big spender maybe one person's a big saver you guys can still work mm-hmm. out yeah yeah absolutely but there has to be an understanding accountability yeah and the courage to tell your spouse like 
no, I'm sorry, you can't get a new bag today, or we can't yeah. go to Europe. We're going to have to go camping this for the vacation. Yeah. Well, I think, too, figuring out what your individual priorities are or what your priorities are, how you want to spend money, is so important. Obviously, from a responsible place, but is travel a priority? Is... Um, uh, Annie owning Bo- a home. Exactly, owning a home. Even Annie Bovan, who we interviewed for our podcast, she talked a lot about motherhood. You know, when she decided to leave her job um, as a pharmacist to be a photographer and start her lifestyle community, um, she knew that that was going to mean no more weekly manicures and pedicures. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was like the, the give and take because she still needed right. to bring in a certain amount financially. Right. Yeah, to, and so it's so interesting, but I think... And I also think it's learning and knowing who you are as a person because I think sometimes when we, I mean, when I was spending too much at 22, I had no idea who I was or what I wanted or I just had money for the first time that was my own and I wanted to live a way I thought was a mature way to live and it ended up screwing me (laughs) so hard, you know, at that time and... But I think, I think too, knowing who you are, knowing what your priorities are, knowing what the long game is, is also important in financial health. Um... Can I add something? Sorry yeah, to the yeah, relationship thing. It's when when you're choosing a a partner, even with dating, don't get thrown off if the person has expensive things, mm-hmm. thinking that that person's financially savvy. Just because they're wearing designer, driving a nice car, or even own a home, does not mean that they are financially straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just means they have a whole lot more debt. Mm-hmm. When you think about right. it. A person that you're dating lives in a million dollar home. Is the million dollar home paid off? No. If not, that person owes like a million plus more because <laughs> of the interest. Right. So it's you're not finding a rich person. You just found a person with a lot of debt. Right. Who's you know who who is financially obligated to make huge payments. Yeah. And so that means they're going to have to ha- always have this type of job or you know and, and I I'm saying that because I was thrown off like. When I was younger, I thought I need to find someone who has nice things because that person has money. Right. That is that not true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that. That does. You're right, right. That doesn't always mean that. Maybe in LA sometimes. Yeah. That everything's paid off. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. But but for the most part, now I look at people who drive really expensive cars or um, have really big houses, and I think two things. One, you way overpaid for that car unless you paid for it cash, mm-hmm. because if you're making payments. You just paid a way overpaid for that car. If you paid it cash, you know, what's your number? Can we talk? Let's go out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but I have to think of that now. And so I, for those of you who are listening, don't get thrown off by brand names and, and homes and stuff. Because that, that doesn't necessarily mean that person's well financially. Mm-hmm. It just right. means that... You just have, have more risk, honestly. Ex- yes, exactly. You're, I remember hearing this, and I've never really, like read a lot of her stuff or follow her, but everybody knows who, like, Susie Warman yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I remember hearing this once when she said she was, like, really in the hole, like, really in the hole um, in debt. And she had this realization where she was, like, sitting at the table and her waitress came by and was taking her order. And she, you know, she... I don't know what her debt was, but it was, like, hundreds of wow. thousands of dollars or something That's before wild. she became, like, this big financial... Yeah. And she realized, she looked at the waitress and she realized that that waitress was in a better financial position than she was. Mm-hmm. Like, the the whole image aspect mm-hmm. of money is so sort of, like, 
there's a lot of delusion surrounding yeah. it sometimes because um, we make assumptions that like, oh, because someone looks like they have money. No, you just might be in more debt yeah. mm-hmm. than the girl who was waitressing at the table yeah. who's, you know, probably doing Well, and I think that's why you well. can't compare your insides to anybody's outside. Exactly. exactly. Because you have no idea what people are going through or how much debt they're in or how hard they've worked to get to that place. Right. Like, there's just no way to compare, and I think that's why focusing on and surrounding yourself with good people who can help you yeah. <laughs> like you crystal you know focusing on your own path your own priorities where do you see yourself you know maybe that person maybe another person who spends a certain way doesn't want children or doesn't want to own a home and right. you, you know it's just you just can't compare your insides to yeah. someone other else's outside yeah, yeah outside and and I love that, like, we're talking about this because there's so much stigma around talking about money. Absolutely. Huge. And, like, yes. part of what we strive to do in with Courageous Wellness is, like, the courageous part comes from talking about the things. So that's sort of, like, what we're doing here is, like, that's let's awesome. just talk about this because we, nobody wants to talk about it. No. I mean, even me, I'm like, uh, money, you know? And it's like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. like, yeah. But honestly, at the end of the day, like, tr- I'm trying to remove the emotions around it because it's like it either causes like I don't want it to cause me great joy and great stress I just want it to like I just want to have like a flow do you know what I mean yeah because it's like we don't we have enough stuff to be stressed over and it's you know I would love to get to the place where I am like I'm a performing artist so it's like I'm always with friends and in a community of people who it's like it's like Feast or famine, right? You're either, like, earning or you're broke, you know? And it's, like... But it's interesting because I just got off of this long contract in Tokyo where I finally was, like, oh, yeah, I mean, I worked my ass off. But I was, like, you know, taking these long contracts is sort of great for artists because you have the opportunity to save. They give you an apartment and you get... Even if you're not earning, like, the biggest salary ever, you get to save a much higher percentage Mm -hmm. of it then you would be able to if you were home, right? Your expenses go down. And so that's like a huge nest egg that performers take advantage of doing, whether it be like a cruise contract or an international contract or a national tour. Those types of things typically give artists the, the ability to save when oftentimes you're just like scrambling from job to job to job because you're trying to get hired. Mm-hmm. And, but even that being said, it's like there's always downtime. So always, that, has to, yeah. you ha- that has to last right, you. Right. But then, you know, I came home and I have sort of had this realization where it's like, I want to make some changes for my future because I don't want to live a lifestyle where I'm constantly dependent on other people mm-hmm. to pay me. Yeah, That was like a big light bulb that has gone off recently. And maybe it's because now I'm in my early 30s and it's like I'm thinking more seriously about my future. Right. You're saying like, yes, the present is important. Right. And But it's okay to look forward a little bit. Yeah. And... I realized it's like, okay, I think the way in order to do that, there's something I'm going to have to create and own and have multiple streams of income. Because in 2018, it's really hard if you want to create a certain amount of wealth for yourself mm-hmm. or a lifestyle, whatever is important to you, to do it the what 
in the way it was like our grandparents' generation did, which is like get a job, get promoted, like work hard, get promoted, yeah. retire, claim your retirement and your social security. That doesn't exist in the same way anymore. No. I mean, maybe for a small small portion of the population. Right. But for a lot of us, and especially in the arts, that doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Right. So, you know, I don't... It's important for me to not be in a place where I feel that I have to hustle when I'm 70 in the right. way that I had to hustle <laughs> when I'm 25 or 30. Right. So, And you won't be 70 talking about... Remember the good old days when you could age. get jobs and we had money and right. now... Yeah, you know, exactly. You, you'd hate... I, I, I strongly uh, feel for and dislike when I meet someone and I hear the, who is an artist and I hear their story. Mm. They had an amazing life, like interesting and, and, oh, you know, ups and downs. And it was fun. But now that they're older, they, that was it. That was their glory days. Yeah. Mm. Now they're just barely trying to get by maybe living off the state. And that, that sucks for their legacy. Yeah. And right. so now they have to focus on the past because that's they have to hold on to that because their life right now kind of sucks. Yeah, and I don't. Th- you're right. That's not how it has to be. Uh, things are shifting now. It's it's not like we can go into a place really and and do 35, 40 years. One because there's no loyalty from the companies anymore either. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can't really rely on that. Social security won't be there for us. Right. But if we educate ourselves, you can still remain in the arts and live a little bit differently and have a good life in your 70s because you made better choices. Or not better. You made choices. Made choices. Based off the knowledge. Not just on the day of like, oh, well, I can just do this to get through this period of time or whatever. That it's a little bit further projecting. Yeah, yeah. And so so now you can keep that, you can keep pursuing your passion Mm -hmm. And some people make tons of money doing it and some people don't. But as long as the point is to pursue your passion and live the life that you want to live and you can continue to live the life that you want comfortably Mm. if you make smarter decisions now. And now we're educating everyone who just listened has a little bit more education. (laughs) Yeah. And awareness is going to be the biggest factor of people changing their lives and actually living the the life, the the life that we're ever the society is promoting with. Yeah. Be present, be, exactly. you know, live the life, live your dreams. Okay, uh, how? how? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how do we think about the future? And, mm. and now we're doing it, so. Well, I think that's a good segue. I, we want to talk a little bit about what you're up to right now, living the life of your dreams, yeah. and the travel that you do and the work that you've been doing internationally, and sort of what's what's next for you, and um, yeah, so. Because one of your priorities is travel. That's so oh, yes. important to your financial health and your overall health. <laughs> right. For my, my wellness is, I, I've learned, I guess I kind of always knew, but someone actually put it into words and I'm just, wow, you're brilliant. <laughs> um, but no, I was just hearing it for the first time. I am starting, I'm now on a path where I'm living congruent to what my desires and what my passions are. Mm. Some people, because of financial lack of financial education or being stuck in a job that they don't want, mm. can't really um, pursue the life that they feel that they were built to pursue. Mm-hmm. I had a good life before. Uh, I was very, you know, blessed and I was lucky to accumulate financial, you know, knowledge mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago. Yeah. But thanks to 
implementing what I learned. I, I have a savings now that I've been able to move out of the, the position that I had before. I mean, it was high paying and sometimes you have to take a step back, which, but if you planned right, it's okay financially. Mm. And now I get to create the life that I want to live. So I've been traveling a lot more internationally. I've been working with a nonprofit, going to Haiti and, um, doing things that make me feel like I have purpose and fulfilling. Mm. Maybe that's not everyone's cup of tea. I don't know. Haiti's not the number one destination spot, (laughs) but that's what I want to do. I want to go to places like Haiti, central South America, uh, some of the impoverished Asian countries and, and do something. Mm. So I am currently creating a, um, I started a conscious lifestyle slash travel blog and I'm starting to host conscious travel. So mm. just like financial awareness, uh, we could help people through, through just basic awareness, just getting them started planting mm. the seeds, uh, through podcasts and YouTube videos and blogs. I'm trying to do the same with, um, introducing people to conscious travel. Mm-hmm. I feel that um, conscious and mindfulness and sustainable is just starting to get like a sexy vibe before it was kind of like tree huggers and hippies only. Yeah. And and now we're moving into a realm where wellness is a huge thing. I think conscious living a conscious lifestyle is part of wellness mm. and that should translate over to travel. Mm. So I definitely did not start out this way. I've been traveling for several years now internationally and I was not the most eco-friendly person or sustainable or humanitarian. It it really didn't occur to me. So exposure helped me to realize, um, and I went through the same process I did with finances, became aware, I came pissed off and now I'm doing something about it and Mm. trying to educate others. Mm -hmm. And there is a balance that you can do with, um, going out and, and pursuing what you want to do, mine's traveling, and, and incorporating those things. So I'm helping people to uh, identify what type of gear to use, how to select eco-friendly lodging, mm. humane or ethical activities, mm-hmm. and uh, that is all kind of going to be an entryway into the bigger picture mm. of what I want to do. So that's, I yeah, that's really cool. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. That being said, it's has not been easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been very um, uh, hard in a sense. With anything that you want is uh, requires sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You want yeah. to save money, you're gonna have to sacrifice getting your nails done. Uh, living in the city that you want to live in, um, drinking with your buddies every night. Me, mm. with me, I had to I had to switch friends, mm-hmm. my group of friends, and I love everybody. So it was really hard. But if I didn't completely remove myself, I would never have changed. Mm-hmm. And so, Eric, I think you mentioned accountability and and looking at your environment and surrounding yourself yeah. with people who are like minded. Mm-hmm. I used to be against that, like surround yourself with like-minded people because I'm like, well, then I'm I'm segregating and closing off myself to the people. You can still, you know. Dialogue. Yeah. 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 You can, I I love everybody and and try to, I pride myself in being part of a lot of groups, but when it comes to my lifestyle and everyday choices and who I want to hang around with on a daily basis, I want to surround myself with like you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
so so we can help each other, keep each other accountable, mm. share ideas that are in the realm of the lifestyle that we want. Yeah. And I think when we're younger, it might be a variety of reasons, but we don't want to turn down anything. Like we're open to everything, but also don't turn away the bad stuff for us. Maybe it's because we just don't know how to acknowledge it or maybe it's because we're not confident enough to do it. I was a little bit of both. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say probably a combination. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. And as we get older, hopefully, that confidence goes up and we have the ability to decipher more with, hey, you're a hoot, but yeah. I can't. Yeah. 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 That's been you this week. Okay, so Erica told me one of my new favorite sayings. And it's <laughs> so brilliant, but it's true. I keep thinking about this. She just said to me the other day, she's like, no is a complete sentence. <laughs> wow. And no I period. love that. No period is a complete <laughs> yeah. sentence. And I was like, yeah. That, where'd you come no, up with that? So true. I, you know, I heard it. Someone told me that because I, I, I'm a Libra. I'm very airy. Ooh, I'm a, I'm, I'm definitely a people pleaser mm-hmm. and I want to make everybody happy. Yeah. And for a long time, I realized I was doing that at my expense. Yeah. And I just. I was running on empty all the time and I was filling up everyone else's cup and my cup was yeah. not full. And so that's when I heard no is a, and it completely changed my life. So I'm yeah. so happy I could spread um, the message around, but it is, it's so important to prioritize filling up your own cup. The people you surround yourself with, don't they say that the five people you spend the most time with yeah. are like who you become mm-hmm. or like oh, they're, so they're the most like yeah that. most influential, influential people to your life or you are the you are the sum. makeup uh, sum. yeah I think you're, you're the, the sum. sum of the five, five people, people you spend the most yes. time with oh, so, so choose wisely but it's so true we've all been there if you have a friend who's always negative or always Debbie Downer it sucks at least for me yeah. my I'm very affected I didn't realize until you know just growing up and learning who I am, how affected I am by the people I surround myself mm-hmm. with. And that doesn't mean, again, that you can't have a wide variety of people in your life and lots of dialogue and everybody is beautiful in their own way. Even negative people are beautiful in yeah. their own way, you know, whatever they're going through. But it's also realizing, like, prioritizing yourself first yeah. and what what do I need and what can I give? Because you can only give if your cup is full. Yeah. Truly. So, Crystal, so where can people, you talked to, to us about your blog, where can people find you and learn more as you develop this eco travel um, and conscious travel yeah, kind definitely. of opportunities? Where can they find you? Yes. Uh, the website is soulwonderful.com. Okay. So that's wander, like yeah, W-A-N-D-E-R. Wander, yeah. okay. Soul, S-O-U-L, yeah. and wander, W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L.com. <laughs> yeah, so there it's uh, mindsets as well as travel. And, of course, there's that eco-humanitarian uh, and ethical aspect to it. Okay. It's not a hardcore conscious living or mindful website because the the goal is to introduce people to it some people are a lot more of advocates and um while I don't want to like greenwash what I'm doing I I have learned over the time to getting the masses to do things is 
you always have your hardcore people. Right. And then you have the mass. And unfortunately, the mass is the people who make change happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you look at the um, consumerism, mm. it's the masses. And those are the people who, who um, you have your influencers and, then, and those people. But those are the ones who could truly create change in every industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to target people who want to travel. Mm. who are traveling and to introduce them to hey you're going to a country where they have no trash system which um is like uh indonesia has a very poor trash system mm-hmm. and instead of saying oh we can't do anything about it the problem's too big it's their country and you know we're never going to change people we're, we can't go pick it or anything bring a reusable water bottle mm-hmm. and Every place you go to, you, that that's one less straw, one less plastic thing mm-hmm. that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, while like you're the baby steps yes. in order to sort of create that yes. change. And if that becomes, first it becomes um, awareness and becomes a trend, and then it just becomes a thing. So everyone yeah. now has their own thing, and now all the lodging and restaurants are all catering to these yeah. people. Yeah. So that that's how change happens. So my my goal is to not slap people over the head like you need to be more conscious because. They may not get, care that much, yeah. but if you just introduce and show how easy it is, and hey, you're, this is a feel-good thing, so you can travel to the place, yes, it's not amazing, they don't, they live a different kind of lifestyle, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to participate, you can feel good about it, you know, those yeah. kind of things. Uh, so that's from, like, an eco-friendliness, uh, humanitarian, a lot of people love to go to, like, the zoos or sanctuaries that... Like the elephant ones in Thailand. Yeah. I or the, the tiger ones where they drug up all the animals mm. yeah. so that you can go and pose with a tiger. Mm. And it's, you know, I just want to call attention to it that you don't have to, you, you know, that's, I mean. You don't have to spend your money that way. Yeah, you don't have to spend your money that way. And um, you don't need to, why does the animal have to be drugged for the sake of your selfie? Yeah. Yeah, just like to bring awareness. To yeah. That. So, yeah. So, and that being said, I don't want to deprive you from having experience with an animal uh, that you wouldn't normally have here. So let's um, hear our list of eco-friendly, uh, uh, sorry, uh, true sanctuaries right. and rehabilitation places. And you can go there and you can, like the, an elephant place that I went to, I can touch the elephant, I can't touch the tiger. Mm-hmm. But, and, and the animal actually loves it. Yeah. So it it's not stopping people from doing what they yeah. do, but just make a few extra changes that makes a huge impact on things. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. so a thoughtful choice yeah. over an easy choice. Exactly. And that and that same mentality, so it's that now that that's mindset, that mindset comes into finances and your job and your your relationship and everything that you do. Yeah. So it's kind of a segue into conscious living, uh, but targeting those who just want to, mm, travel. to travel yeah, yeah. that's great that's amazing well, thank you thank yeah. you i hope you guys will come with me on one of the trips oh yeah, gosh, we want to. absolutely thailand is in march ali so. and i have a lot of travel manifestations on our <laughs> list <laughs> we're gonna travel um where can people find you on instagram as well so instagram would be crystal rose k-r-y-s-t-a-l-r-o-s-e 
Wanders. Okay. Of course it's Wanders. <laughs> Crystal Rose Wanders. And we'll put all of this in our show notes and a way to access uh, Crystal's PDF as well. Yes. So the PDF on finances, I'm also starting to create ebooks for conscious travel. Great. Yeah. So I, I can give you the links for that as well. And I just started a YouTube channel too. Ooh. So find her on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Which Crystal Rose Wanders. Great. Oh, trying to make it. it easy for you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Today. Thank you for having me. And thank you guys for what you're doing because you're right it's not uh it's not easy to talk about Mm. but it's going to impact people's lives in the most positive way so thank you guys thank you thanks for tuning in to another episode of courageous wellness tune in every wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week subscribe rate and write us a nice review and you can follow us on instagram at courageous wellness until next week i'm Allie, and i'm erica and we're courageous wellness